Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Theater 5 presents Where Art Thou, Romeo? you, Daniel? Yes, sir. Where have you been? Just when I need you, you go off to some dusty museum or science lecture. I had an extremely interesting interview with Dr. August Merenheim. Oh, wonderful. Well, I just hope there'll be enough scientists in Brazil to keep you happy. Brazil? Oh, Brazil isn't advisable, Mr. Baines. Well, when you can come up with something better, let me know. Well, if you're caught jumping bail, you'll lose any real chance for freedom. Yeah, well, there comes a time when all the best lawyers just start going through the motions. If I go to trial this time, Dunningham, I'll go right from the courthouse to Leavenworth. So let's start to pack. I agree about the trial, sir, but uh, the state and the local authorities are anticipating that you will run and whatever cash you take with you will be confiscated. You don't need to spell it out for me. I have a selfish interest, sir. I would prefer that you remain free and that my salary go on uninterrupted. Uh, therefore, I'll suggest a far safer method of escape. I'm listening. I'm simply proposing that you die and be buried in Ireland, as you've requested in your last will and testament. Mm. No, it won't work. The lawmen won't buy a phony death certificate. They'll want to take a good look at the corpse. Well, Mr. Baines, my interest in science is not as haphazard as you think. Death can be simulated. If you recall Romeo and Juliet, uh, Juliet was given a potion by the kindly friar. Skip the fairy tales and get to the point. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, for some weeks now, I've been in contact with Dr. Merenheim. Oh, who's he? Well, this gentleman is an obscure scientist who published a small paper on the possibilities of suspended animation. He sees it as a means of protection for astronauts in extended space flights. To all outward appearances, the subject would seem to be dead, but uh, would awaken when the effects of the drug wore off. And if a doctor examined the body? It would appear that the man died of a heart attack. You've been doing some strong thinking, Dunningham. Thank you, sir. Uh, what about this man? Oh, a charming man. Quite dedicated to his research. His only complaint being that the government space program hasn't shown much interest in his experiments. You see, so far, he's been able to induce suspended animation for only three days, and that only in laboratory animals. What? Dunningham, do you think I'm nuts? Are you expecting me to be the first human to take a slug of that drug? Oh, no, no, sir. I will be the first volunteer. I have complete confidence in Dr. Merenheim. And just think, sir... 
This is my first opportunity to make a contribution to science. Oh, yeah? Well, it may be your last. Ah, boys, you're full of life today, huh? Uh, let me listen to your heart, Alpha. Good, good. And now you better... Good afternoon, Dr. Merenheim. Mr. Allen, come in, come in. Thank you. Well, I have good news to report, Doctor. Uh, my employer, Mr. Essex, has studied the results of your experiments, and he has decided to accept my recommendations. Decided to accept? Oh, Mr. Allen, you don't know how much I... How, how can I thank you? Oh, nonsense, nonsense. I merely did my job. I convinced Mr. Essex that your work was of tangible importance, unlimited in application. Work that he would be proud to sponsor. Of course, as I mentioned in the past, Mr. Essex insists that certain conditions be met. Naturally, naturally. Uh, you, you told him my estimate for a new uh, laboratory at the staff? Well, he feels... A hundred thousand dollars is an insignificant amount. He insisted that we immediately place at your disposal half a million. Half a million? Oh, please, please it, it is too much. No, no, nonsense. Nonsense, Doctor. And now, uh, the conditions. Actually, there is only one. You're to provide me with a dose of the drug with instructions as to its administration. Now, if it works on me, then you shall receive all that Mr. Essex promises. I, I, I never expected this. Well, if you... Oh, all right. We'll arrange for a hospital room where I can keep you under constant supervision during... Uh, no, the... I'm afraid you didn't understand me, Doctor. Mr. Essex wishes to see the effects for himself. He can come to the hospital. Anonymously? Come, Dr. Merenheim. With a half a million dollars, you'll be able but, to... But, but, Mr. Essex, is he a scientist? How can he observe... Mr. Him? Essex is a philanthropist. But he isn't a fool, Doctor. If the drug works, I will return in three days with a check for half a million dollars. And you can start your experiments on a full scale. But if it doesn't work, you will probably never hear from Mr. Essex again. Uh. Where will uh, the drug be given to you? I should be there. Are you worried that it isn't safe? There could be complications. You, you may sleep a little longer than three days or, or perhaps less. I should be there. If there are complications, Mr. Essex will send for you. <sighs> Mr. Allen, I have complete faith in my drug. But faith alone. Please, please, please. This is a scientific matter. It should be conducted only scientifically. All right, Doctor. I'll report our conversation to Mr. Essex. I hope your reluctance won't cause him to doubt. Uh, but he's a strange man. It's entirely possible that with a single shake of his head, he will instruct me never to mention your experiments again. 
So good day, Dr. Merenheim, and... Uh, uh, well, wait, good... wait, wait, please. If, if, if... All right, Mr. Allen. I will do as Mr. Essex asked. Ah, dream. Hello. Dunningham. Huh? Dunningham. Uh, you're coming out of it. Oh. Oh, Mr. Baines. Come on, pal. Sit up now. Oh, how... How, how long was I... Was I under? 72 hours and 43 minutes. Oh. How do you feel? Well, it's strange. I... Well, I, I feel nothing. It... it... Couldn't have been three days. <laughs> I was beginning to wonder if you hadn't gone to sleep for all time. That's all I would have needed the cops to find a corpse. Why, I'm not even hungry. What's happened since I took the drug? Nothing much. My lawyer came up with a big idea. He wants me to cop a plea. Maybe get off with only 15 years in the pen. Well, that hardly compares with three days in a coffin. Yeah. Do you feel completely okay? I mean... No hangover or anything? I believe you're less worried about me than you are about yourself. That's right. Well, you've had these three days, Mr. Baines. Have you come up with a better, more foolproof plan? Okay, Dunningham. It'll be up to you from here on. The coffin, the plane tickets, getting my dough, putting it into the line of the coffin. First things first, sir. Oh, yeah, right. You'll have to get another dose of the drug from Marenheim. And then you've got to do something. Oh, yes, sir. I understand. Mmm, alpha and beta. <laughs> Amplifier. Amplifier. Good. Uh, animals normal and active in all functions, the duration of which it is vital that if someone... But, uh, Mr. Allen, I'm glad to see you, sir. Well, I'm delighted to say that the experiment went exactly as you predicted, Doctor. Good, good. Now you must give me as full a report as you can. Your, uh, your sentence, memories, time, lapsed, everything. Well, now, I'm sorry, Doctor. I can't spare the time to do that. I need another ampule of the drug. Another ampule? Why? Mr. Essex would like to repeat the experiment. Oh, that, that's impossible. It may be dangerous if you take another dose so soon after the last. That is it, isn't it? Uh, yes, but uh, please, Mr. Allen, you must listen. I am listening. Now, 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 there's no cause for alarm, but you must allow me to follow my experiment through. Yes, I will give you no more doses of the drug until I have observed you over it of several weeks. Oh, this isn't for me. It's for Mr. Essex. For Mr. What? 
Oh, no, 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 I won't permit it. Mr. Allen, we must proceed in an orderly fashion. Exactly, Dr. Merenheim. And as I promised, I've brought you a gift from Mr. Essex. But I'm afraid it isn't the gift you expected. Uh, I'm... How observant, Doctor. did you work for Baines, Dunningham? I was in Mr. Baines' employ for approximately 15 years, Lieutenant. What were your duties? Uh, I was his secretary, sir. Yeah, uh, just what did you do for Baines? Well, I ran his household, supervised the help, made social arrangements. Hmm. 15 years. That put you pretty close to him, didn't it? Uh, Lieutenant Freeman, you're obviously hoping that I'd be able to provide you with certain information about Mr. Bain's activities. Yes. I wish I could help you, sir. But uh, were every employee to question the source of his employer's income, well, surely you see. And uh, I do admit I received a handsome salary. Okay, okay. Nobody's saying you broke the law by working as a butler for a racketeer. But Bain's had an organization. Now with him dead, somebody is going to move in and take over. I want names, Dunningham. Perhaps I can tell you something, Lieutenant. Ever since the grand jury brought that last indictment against Mr. Baines, he acted... Well, how can I put it? Uh, defeated. Never before had he discussed his business with me, but... Uh, but this time? Well, perhaps it doesn't mean anything. But he said that I may have to be looking for another employer. Oh? And uh, nothing else? Well, there was a lack of something. Except for his attorneys, Mr. Baines had no phone calls and no friends came to see him at the house. One day, I walked into his study and I found him staring at the telephone. He looked up at me and said, All the rats have left the ship. Well, you're breaking my heart. Okay, Dunningham. That'll be all. Thank you, sir. I'm sorry I couldn't have been more helpful. Good day, Lieutenant. Sergeant. <laughs> From him, a big nothing. Well, I guess there's no reason to stop him from carting Baines' body over to Ireland for burial in the uh, old sod. No reason at all. Well, Baines beat the rap again. Mm. But this time, he took the hard way. Mr. Baines... Can you hear me, Mr. Baines? Mr. Baines. Dunningham? Is that you? Yes. Uh, seems like hours I've been awake. Uh, how long? A little over 75 hours. Are we in Ireland yet? Not yet, sir. Uh, uh, how did it go? Very much as I planned, Mr. Baines. The police were terribly disappointed. The money? It's all in there with you, sir. Over two million. <laughs> that clock. How soon will we land? About 14 days, sir. 
What? Uh, we're on a slow freighter, Mr. Baines. As you know, I'm not fond of air travel. And this was such a splendid opportunity to get the sea air. Uh, Dunningham, uh, let me out. Oh, that would be terribly inconvenient, Mr. Baines. Uh, let me out. Let me out! It just doesn't make sense, Freeman. A little old scientist, bachelor, no enemies. He had one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if we got our work cut out for us. The medical examiner guessed that Marenheim was killed three days ago. The same day that Baines dropped dead. Yeah, how about that? Well, this is one job Baines has nothing to do with. Ah, Freeman, look at this. Ah, the poor animals. Guinea pigs. Maybe they starved. I don't think so. They look pretty fat. Don't touch them. You can't tell what killed him. Let's look around. You check that filing cabinet while I go through these notes. Okay. Maybe we'll turn up something. Hey, Lombardi. What? Listen to this. Maybe these guinea pigs aren't dead. These are Marenheim's notes. He was experimenting with suspended animation. You're kidding. Listen. At 72 hours and 26 minutes, Beta began to respire at a normal rate. At 72 hours and 39 minutes, Alpha began to breathe normally. Alpha and Beta, these guinea pigs? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But listen to what Marenheim wrote a few days later. On the day he was killed, both animals behaved normally and were active. All functions were normal for three days. But on the fourth day, I discovered Alpha and Beta had lapsed into a state of suspended animation once more. Yet, I had not administered additional doses of the drug. These animals are alive. Why, why, if you didn't read that, someone might have performed an autopsy on them. I'm not worried about a couple of guinea pigs. Yeah, take a look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is vital that my human subject be placed under close observation. Unless this is done, he may suddenly return to a state of suspended animation and be presumed dead. Return to a state... Yeah. Some poor guy is walking around ready to keel over at any minute, and whoever finds him will think he's dead. We gotta do something. Find him. But where do we start looking? I don't know. Dunningham, please. please. You can take all the dough. Just let me out. If I let you out, you'd try to kill me on the spot. Oh, no, no. Oh, now stop it, Mr. Baines. After all, you intended to kill me after you were free. That's not true. With Merenheim dead, I'm the only man remaining who could ever tell that you returned to life. Surely you thought of that. I'm merely eating you to the punch. I tell you, I won't. Will you promise? Yeah, I, I, I promise anything. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Baines. I... <sighs> but when I open this casket, you'll be dead. Really dead. Oh, I... I can't imagine what's wrong with me. This air down here in the hold is a bit thick, but... May... May I suggest that you get... Dunningham, give me a break, please. Don't, don't let me die in this box. Not this way. 
Cunningham! Answer me! Please! Cunningham! Cunningham! Presented Where Art Thou, Romeo? Written by Leonard Stad, produced and directed by Warren Somerville. In the cast, James Monks, Robert Dryden, Ivor Francis, and Gilbert Mack. Audio engineers, Marty Folia and Neil Pulse. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production.